This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to your latest podcast on the Blood Red channel. Now, I'll let you in to a little secret. At the Echo, we've got a tracker to show us what stories are being read the most online. And whenever we write something about Emre Chan, they are more often than not well read. I'm not messing when I say there is a genuine interest in how the German is getting on at Juventus. And as this podcast will explain, it's not going too well. Liverpool begin the defence of their Champions League crown in Southern Italy on Tuesday night when they take on Napoli. But further north, their former midfielder will be kicking his heels in frustration. That's because Chan has been left out of Juventus' squad for the group stages. His first season at Turin was not always plain sailing, but his omission still came as a surprise to most. After the decision was made, Chan spoke of his shock and anger, but as we'll learn, he had no reason to feel the former. Adam Digby is a Turin-based Italian football writer who is the author of the book Juventus, A History in Black and White. And in this wide-ranging podcast, he gives the inside track on Chan's standing at Juve, his decision to reject a summer move to PSG, and just what happens next. We'll then talk about Juventus' prospects in the Champions League and whether they will be a threat to Liverpool, as well as their decision to sell two players to two of Liverpool's biggest rivals. Also on the agenda is the significance of the signing of Matthias De Ligt, the Serie A title race and what the chances are of Pep Guardiola or Mauricio Pochettino succeeding Mauricio Sarri as Juventus manager. Thanks for joining me. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, hi Adam. Thank you very much for joining me on this podcast. Are you keeping well? Yeah, I'm good, are you? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Looking forward to uh, the return of club football, given it's the international break at the moment as we talk. Uh, it's nothing like it, is it really? You know, you're a month, couple of games into the season when you come to uh, Serie A, four in the Premier League and already we're having a bit of a break. Yeah, it's it's too quick, isn't it? Like you say, especially for Serie A, that's two games old and then we're straight into a break. Yep, definitely. But it does all start again for Liverpool on Saturday against Newcastle. I think by the time this podcast comes out, it, that game would have been played. But then it's Napoli in the uh, in the Champions League on Tuesday. And it's a big weekend for Juventus as well, Fiorentina, and then the Champions League as well. But before we get into this, I'd just like to initially start to talk about Enrique Chan. Uh, Liverpool, you know, he, he was at Liverpool uh, up until the summer before last and then chose to go on a free transfer. And, and his fortunes are still closely followed by Reds fans uh, and Whereas Liverpool and Juventus, as we've said, then are starting their Champions League campaigns next week, Emre Chan won't be because he's he's actually been left out of Juventus' squad for the group stages. Can you just tell us a little bit about the story behind that? Yeah, um, quite a bizarre decision by Juve. It seems um, to leave him out in in favour of like the likes of Blaise Matuidi and Sami Khedira, who are, are clearly slowing down quite a little bit and. And Chana, as you guys know, he's he's still young. He's he's got lots of energy. He's he's the kind of player you need in Champions League games, isn't he? Um, especially when the, the rest of the midfield is full of more creative players, more attacking players like Pjanic, Rabiot, uh, Aaron Ramsey as well. And he seems like the perfect foil for those guys. But they took the decision to leave him out, and it, it seems as if, from from what I've been told, that they've basically tried to push him out this summer, mm-hmm. tried to get him to take a transfer elsewhere. Uh, and he's refused and decided to stay. And and as a result, he's been left out of the Champions League squad, which makes the decision even more bizarre because, he, as I say, I think he's one of the last ones they should be looking to get rid of. He's only just arrived. He, he came on a free and he's he's got a much brighter future than, than Sammy Kadira or Blaise Matuidi, certainly. And, and he seems a much better fit in the team than those two guys as well. So it, it, it really is just odd all around. 
we we have like a, a live blog every day on our website, which kind of like it's a bit of transfer tittle tattle from around the world, including you know publications in Italy. And and he was quite heavily linked with the likes of Barcelona and PSG. Chan was he ever close to leaving, or do you think it was more on as you said there, Juventus is part trying to drum up some business for him? Chan himself said that, that just a few days before the um, the transfer window closed and the the squad deadline came for the Champions League that he'd been um, approached by PSG, Juve had accepted a bid and, and he decided to stay at Juve. And it seems really that it comes from that with with him deciding to stay and 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 not take up that offer. And then Juve have just really seemed to have taken their bat and ball on the ballot, to be honest. And then he, he's not gone. Well, he, he wouldn't have been in Champions League squad if he was at PSG, so he's not going to be in it anyway. And, and Juve really hamstrung by the fact that they've only got one homegrown club-trained player in their squad, which is the the third-choice goalkeeper, Carlo Pinsolio. Mm -hmm. And so they're missing four of the places that they should have. So they've only got a a 21-man Champions League squad, um, or 22, sorry, with Pinsolio. So they're they're missing those players, um, which really reduces their options. And and Chan's one of the um, casualties of that. He said he was angry and furious, I think, in an interview with a, a publication in his homeland journal. Is it understandable then, given the fact that, you know, he does seem to have been hard done by? Um, he, in that interview, he said that he hadn't been informed by the club, which I was subsequently told that he absolutely was. Mm-hmm. And not long after I was told that, Chan issued a, a, a much more contrite yeah. kind of stance on it on Twitter. So I think he got his wrist slapped shortly after that. And, and it's, but I, I don't blame him for being for being angry about it. I don't blame him for, for having a bit of a rant about it. I think he was justified. I think if he'd if he'd stuck to the truth rather than embellishing a little bit, he'd, he'd have been well within his rights. But I think it's it just seems now that he's just going to have to tough it out, and and we'll see what January brings. Whether that puts him back in the squad at Juve or he he looks to move on and take an offer to move elsewhere. In that tweet you referenced then, he, he mentioned the support the club had shown him, particularly during his time uh, of illness. For any listeners who aren't aware, what was the illness? He had a, a glandular problem um, and he needed an operation on it. It, it was a, an issue that left him fatigued and, and worn out at certain times unexpectedly. Um, and he missed a couple of matches um, until it was properly diagnosed. He, he was named on the bench for one match and then he was replaced quickly. Um, in the Champions League and there was one match where he was on the initial list of subs but then he was scrubbed off because in Serie A you, you can have your whole squad on the bench um, so he, he was scrubbed off that list pretty quickly because he was struggling and then he had the operation and it's only a minor bit of surgery and he was absolutely fine um, so it was it was it was a bit worrying for a time when he didn't know what it was but once it was diagnosed it was quick to solve and, and quickly dealt with that's good to hear. And so apart from that illness, which obviously was a, t- a temporary setback for him, how would you describe his first season in Turin? Um, probably because of that that illness problem, a, a little bit stop-start. I think the whole squad struggled last year with with Max Allegri. Who it, looking back now, it seems like he stayed a year too long and mm-hmm. probably should have left the summer before last. Um, and, and him leaving this summer, as we'll probably come on to talk to him in a little while, is really rejuvenated the whole place and and it, it was difficult to get a read on how anybody really performed last season because everybody was subpar um, but he, he fitted in pretty quickly he, he got plenty of action when he, when he was fit it, 
it was just one of those things where the whole team was struggling and, and then going out of the Champions League early obviously led to to reduce chances for everybody to play because it was only one game a week after that and he, he was good you know when he played he was settled in he was Juve's probably after Ronaldo who scored three goals he was probably Juve's best player in the, the win against Atletico Madrid that turned around that Champions League tie he was he was excellent kind of playing in a in a role that saw him as sometimes in midfield, sometimes at right back, sometimes as an extra central defender. He was everywhere and he was he was great. And that, as I say, that's why he, he seems like one of those players who you really need in the Champions League squad, a, a versatile player who can be on the pitch, but you can change formations while he's there because he is so versatile. And, and it, it really is a shame that he's going to miss out. But I think it's only the group stages in it. There's only, you only need to beat two of the teams home and away and you're laughing and... And it ultimately won't matter to Juve. Um, we'll just wait and see how it matters to Chan. He was involved in the squad for the first two games in Serie A. I think he came off the bench in, in one of them, even though he won't be playing any part in the Champions League up until January. Will he still get his chance in the league? Or do you think this is something more severe where he's going to be frozen out? Well, I think because he's he's up to speed already with the league and with, with everything else. And then obviously the other players are going to be playing in the Champions League in midweek. As you said at the top, Serie A is back on Saturday. Champions League starts on Wednesday. So it's two games a week now, isn't it, basically for two months. Um, so he's going to get his chances. Kadira's old, Matuidi's old, Ramsey's injured, Rabiot seems to be in and out of the team a little bit with with a couple of niggling injuries himself. And, and then you're left with with Pjanic and Rodrigo Bentancur, so he's going to get his chances and he, he'll he take them because he's, he's quality, isn't he? Just to return, I think you mentioned it earlier, his, his fellow German, Sammy Kader, has complicated his situation a little bit. Was that a bit of a surprise? Because a great player that he's been from the outside in for someone like myself, it looked like his career was going a little bit backwards or he's coming towards the autumn of it. But Sarri, the new manager, Mauricio Sarri, obviously Liverpool fans will know well from his time managing Chelsea. Has he taken a, a bit of a shine to him? It seems as though it, as though he has, which which for anybody who's watched Juve closely over the past two years seems ridiculous because <laughs> since Juve got beat by Real Madrid in the Champions League final in Cardiff, Kadir has really struggled in in the biggest matches, and he's he's absolutely fine when they when you're playing a, a Palmer or whoever, but then you come and you play Napoli or you play a big Champions League team, and and he's just he hasn't got the pace to keep up with the game anymore, and he he's, he looks like he's treading water out there. And, and, and that's where the problem's going to arise to me. It's fine him looking good in pre-season training and it's fine him looking good in the, the first game against Parma. He lasted an hour against Napoli and, and when Juve started to struggle, they took him off for Chan, um, ironically. And then <laughs> it, 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 it's going to be the same story. He'll be fine in the Champions League with the, like Leverkusen, he'll be fine and, and Lokomotiv Moscow, he'll be fine. But then there's, there's Atletico Madrid again and you know he's going to struggle, you know, and it's... It's just a, a nightmare trying to trying to watch him keep up with younger midfielders who can still actually run and he can't. And he, he filled his boots against the, the lower league teams in Serie A last season. He got a hat trick against Udinese at one point, and and he's fine when it's like that. And I think Sarri's probably a little bit guilty of of not really looking at, at what Kadira can actually do in these kind of games. And I, I think that's going to come back to haunt Juve at some point this season. Sorry, I think uh, he got a bit of an unwanted stick uh, by some, maybe even the Chelsea support themselves for the job he did at Stamford Bridge last season. Still got him to third in the league, Champions League qualification and uh, obviously winning the Europa League as well. But was it a bit of a surprise appointment uh, going to Juventus? 
Yeah, it was a real surprise. I mean, the last time Sarri was at Juventus Stadium before he was given the job, he was sitting on the front of the Napoli team bus flicking V's at Juve fans as he came into the stadium because they were throwing stuff at the bus. And and, and, and we all remember that, you know. It was pretty hard to miss. And he's hated Juve for so long. He's born in Naples, grew up in Florence, two places where Juve are not very popular at all. And, and, and now he's the Juve manager. It, it was a real surprise, but I think you look at the way European football is going, the way that you guys play, the way that City play, the way the big teams all play, and you need a manager who can bring that kind of style, that swagger, don't you, if you're going to be successful. And and it looks like they went after Pochettino from Spurs for a while and didn't get him, and then Sarri was the next choice. And in that, in that regard, it makes sense. If you if you overlook his his past with Juve, he's he's the ideal kind of manager, isn't he? He's he's won a European trophy, which Max Allegri certainly hasn't. He's he's done well in an experience abroad, and you could tell from his time at, at Chelsea that he'd started to rotate the team a lot more than he did at Napoli, which was probably the biggest criticism of him. So I think it's. It was definitely a shock, but when you get past who it is, the the style of manager that he is and the, the success he's had so far, it, it does make sense. And the good news is he's back on the mend, isn't he? I believe he had uh, a bout of pneumonia over the summer, but he's back in training. Is he he's feeling good? Is he ready to go again? Yeah, it seems like he'll be on the bench tomorrow on uh, Saturday um, against Fiorentina and then going into the Champions League. Yeah, I guess being... 60 years old and, and moving to Turin at the bottom of the Alps and, and smoking 60 a day is probably not not good for your health it turns out who, who knew you know, but he's, he seems like he's over it now and and uh, God willing he'll be, he'll be on the bench and ready to go on Saturday I think I think to be honest I think one of the biggest takeaways from the first two games is how much Juve missed having their coach on the bench I think it, it really does reinforce just how important it is in Last last time out, they went against Napoli and Ancelotti was struggling at half-time, 3-0 down, made a couple of changes, made another change in the second half and and the assistant manager, Martuscello, just couldn't keep up. And I think if you have your manager there, he can, he can react quicker and, and get a grip of the game quicker. I think you look at the, the way that somebody like Klopp that you guys have on the bench, the way that he can the way that he can change a game in, in an instant you, you really need that don't you and I think it'll be really really good for you there to have him back on his touchline Glad to hear he's doing well again uh, just looking from the outside again one of his biggest jobs appeared to have appeared to have been cutting down the squad as well as bringing new players in and, and one player I just want to ask you about was uh, the young striker Moise Keane obviously he's gone to Everton Liverpool's biggest rivals have Liverpool fans got anything to be worried about there have, have Everton got a good one um, I think maybe in a couple of years' time you'll have something to worry about. I think for now, <laughs> I don't think it'll really matter who Everton have got. I think you, your streets ahead, aren't you? It's, um, he's, he's a good player. He's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot to learn. And he's he's never been a, a first-choice player for anybody. He went out on loan for a season at Hellas Verona, but he was back up to Alberto Giladino there. Uh, and Gianpaolo Pazzini, he's he's been at back at Juve, and he had he had a little run in the team February March time, and and did very well. He got four or five goals in in five games, um, looked sharp. But he's he's got to prove that he can do that over a sustained period. And when you you invest the kind of money Everton spent on him, they're going to want that from him certainly, aren't they? And it'll be really interesting to see how he how he kicks on now and how he copes with the the demands of being a, a first choice striker week in and week out. 
Another Juve player, uh, João Cancelo, signed for Liverpool's title rivals, not big rivals, but title rivals, Manchester City. Uh, probably one of those people who think Liverpool have got the upper hand on City when it comes to the fullback positions, but a City going to be strengthened at right back? I know they've got Kyle Walker there, but what kind of player is, is Cancelo? Cancelo is a little bit like uh, Diet Danny Alves, I guess. He's he's a lot better attacking than he is defensively. He's 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 solid enough defensively, but he can get caught out at times. He's he's really fast. He's really good on the ball. He, he's got a good eye for a cross. He's he had an excellent understanding with Ronaldo, but he, like you say, he's got to get past Kyle Walker first, hasn't he? And and that won't be an easy feat for him. Kyle Walker's proven over the past few years that he's, he deserves that place in City's team and he's, he's excellent. So I think the, the, before you get to see Cancelo, he's got to prove that he deserves a place in the team. And and it's, it was a little bit of a, a shift in style at Juve with Sarri coming in. He kind of plays that lopsided where you have one, one full-back staying back and the other one pushing really high up the pitch. And I think Danilo brings a little bit better balance with Alexandro. Who uh, obviously been teammates before at Porto mm-hmm. and at, at Santos, um, so I, I think it was it was good for Juve to make a good profit on a player who didn't really fit what they wanted. But he's he's a good pickup by City, and if he can get into the team, Pascal Walker, he's 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 a good player to watch. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Talked about Danilo there, one of a number of players who came in during the summer. I just want to ask you about what seems to be the most significant for, for Juventus and Serie A, uh, Matthias Delict, a uh, player who's linked with Liverpool, player who's linked with most of the big clubs in Europe. He's ended up in Turin. Was that a really big deal? Um, yeah, fantastic. I mean, the, the fact he's got Mino Raiola as his agent tells you why he was linked with every big club <laughs> in the world, doesn't it? It's, and and Juve did really well to get him. You know, I think it's. I've written about this before, but I think it's a, almost a bigger signing than having Cristiano Ronaldo. He's, wow. yeah. he's getting a, a player like Matthias. You know, he's he's linked with everybody. Everybody wants him. He's he's proven his qualities. He's got to the Champions League final, and he's he's clearly. Uh, a very very talented player and he's, he sorts out your defence for a decade if you keep hold of him doesn't he he's, he's just great and for Juve to go out and get him when they've already got a strong defence is, is testament to the, the um, pulling power that Juve have got now which yeah in large part that comes down to Ronaldo again but it's having that first big name player come and join your team it's there's nothing like it is there and, and Juve have done that on merit and it <laughs> He's going to get a chance to now to play because Giorgio Chiellini ruptured his ligaments in between before the Napoli game, and and Delic got thrown in there a little bit earlier than he expected, and he really struggled against Napoli. But he's he's quality, and he'll come good, and it, it'll be really great to see how he how he settles in over the next couple of months, and when he's got a good run of games up to him with Sari on the touchline as well. It's it's great to see, you know, he's, he was excellent for Ajax, wasn't he? And, and seeing him come to to my team is is, is brilliant and I, I can't wait to watch him more regularly and to be fair he was just one of a number of big signings made by Serie A clubs over the summer is is this the guy like Ronaldo effects you know with this people like myself are lovers of Italian football but the, it, it's, it certainly raised the profile something like Ronaldo's move from Madrid to Juventus but is it helping having a knock on effect now that more bigger the bigger name players are coming over to Italy yeah I think so I think it's it's partly Ronaldo and I think it's partly the Premier League teams who've just spent so much money on yeah. so many players yeah. and they, they, like you look at Inter getting 
Lukaku and Alexis Sanchez on on really favourable terms. You know, United are paying some of their wages. They're only on loan initially, so they get in to get to try before they buy, don't they? You know, it's it, it, winning every which way. But you see, like you say, you see Delict coming. You see Lukaku, Alexis Sanchez. And yeah, they struggled at United, but they're still big, big players, aren't they? And if, if Antonio Conte can get the best out of those two, that's a, a really formidable attack, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And then to do look to be the team that could challenge Juventus. They've won it eight times in a row. Can you see another name on the Scudetto this season or is it Juve's again? I think with the the upheaval at Juve with Sarri coming in, with all those new signings, with Chiellini being out for six months, that's that's huge for Juve. It's like, you know, you can have three good defenders, but your captain, it's a different thing, isn't it? You know, you look at what, what Jordan Henderson brings to to Liverpool when he's on the pitch and you might have a, be- a better player than him who you could bring into the side but you, you miss that leadership don't you and Chiellini really really is that for you Ray. I mean he, he's so much more than just a good defender he's, he's an incredible leader and there is a there is a window there that for another team to, to take advantage but the gap was so big last year that to, to close it in, in one season Inter are going to have to be great all season long um, and, and we know with Conte, he can do that. You know, he did it at Chelsea. He did it for Juve before. He did it for Italy. He, he can drive a team to to deliver consistently week in and week out. But I think you look at that Inter team and it's, especially because it's Inter, it's, it's one of those, to me, it's one of those where they usually win the league or be very close second or they're going to be sixth and Conte will be gone by Christmas you know (laughs) that's just the way that they are I think if they get through Christmas and they're still in the hunt then I think you can talk about a title race but you you need to see it don't you you know it's as as close as you guys came last season it's you, you still know there's another level to get to before you actually win the league don't you it's there's a there's a difference between just being in the title race and then actually winning it, it's, a, it's probably the biggest step of all, more than just getting into the Champions League, getting into a title race and then actually winning it. Is, is That last step is the hardest a lot of times and, and you need to see him to be in that race before you can imagine that they're going to gonna take the next step. And, and Juve have just been so much better than everybody for, for, for so long now, apart from the two years ago, they had a scare from Sarri and Napoli, but since then it's... Apart from that, in those eight years, it's it's been by some distance, you know, and it, it, with Ronaldo on board still, it's it's hard to see past that, isn't it? Agreed. I suppose the only surprise is that that Champions League, well, perhaps it's a surprise that the Champions League trophy's not come back to Juve. Last season, I thought they were destined for the, the semi-finals at least and certainly you know I mean, but I actually surprised ev- absolutely everyone that kind of like uh, lead to Allegri's departure that that defeat over two legs it, it led to a lot of what's happened in Turin this summer you know it's 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 more than just Allegri going like it's Allegri going and replacing him with a manager who's more forward thinking and and uh, stylish than Allegri with Sarri it's it's the the depth that you've added to the squad as well because the the big takeaway from the the Ajax game the second like Chiellini was injured and you've had to play Bonucci Rugani in central mm-hmm. defence and Rugani is now probably Juve's fifth choice central defender rather than third um, they've they've gone out and they've added Delict they've added uh, Mary Demaral who's a, a Turkey international from Sassuolo um, and and that's really pushed Rugani down the the pecking order they've gone out and they've they've added 
uh, Rabiot, Ramsey to a, to a midfield, which you would imagine they're probably going to go straight into the starting lineup, and that bumps everybody else down a place, which makes you better. They've brought Higuain back, which gives Higuain, Mandzukic, Ronaldo, Douglas Costa, Dybala. The, the options are there all across the field, and, and that's what they were really lacking last season. It was... They had four midfielders. They had just had two good central defenders, and and now they're strong everywhere. And that that really does come from the the injuries taking their toll in the second half of last season, and and really being punished for that by Ajax. And yeah, they, it really is a surprise they've they've not managed to win it yet. And it, like we were talking about the title race before, winning the Champions League is is hard, isn't it? You know, and and when you've got that weight of expectation as well, it's even harder. It's 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 difficult to judge where you're at this early in the season, but you would imagine that when the, the knockout stages come around, you will be there again and they'll be expected to go deep in the competition with a such a talent-laden squad. And and hopefully they, they go one step further than they've managed in the last few years. But you, again, that's hard to imagine, isn't it, in, in Sarri's first season. We'll see. What was the kind of reaction to Liverpool winning the Champions League What's in, in Italy? What's the kind of uh, opinion on Klopp and this current team? Um, outside of the, the, the Juve supporting part, which obviously stems back to high yes, form, there's yeah, still of a lot of bad blood there, but everybody else, it's they, in Italy, very much like in England, nobody cheers for their Italian teams. <laughs> once, once your team is out, anybody but. Um, and, and Liverpool, one of those teams where they're just, they're fantastic to watch, aren't they? Klopp, the way that he is on the touchline, the way that he speaks in interviews, the way that he is with his players, that's that's kind of the football that we all fall in love with as kids, isn't it? You want you want your team to go for it. You want them to try and win all the time. You you want them to do it with a smile on their face and a, a big toothy grin and, and and just be enjoying football and, and loving life. And, and Liverpool do that, don't they? You, you look at... Trent Alexander-Arnold playing such a big part in that success a, a homegrown kid who's loving it and, and wants to just enjoy it and he's laughing and joking with Klopp and that's just the football you want to watch so everybody loves it and like I say unless you support Juve and you're really holding that grudge still it's 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 one of those teams that you really love enjoying and love to, to see having success because they, they're good value for it. They deserve it and they, they play such a entertaining style. The names you reeled off a moment ago uh, from Juventus squad, particularly the forward line in midfield, it, it shows the, the depth and wealth of talent that Sarri's now got. And I'm like yourself, I think, come the business stages of the Champions League, they'll, they'll be right in the mix. But do you think it's Liverpool and Manchester City? Are they the two clubs now in top European football, I suppose, along with Barca and Real Madrid, even though certainly Real are going through a bit of a transition? Are they the ones you think are the favourites for Champions League this season? I think you look at the way that Barcelona have struggled in the last couple of seasons and, and Real Madrid, as you say, definitely going through a, a transition now with if Eden Hazard is good, but if he's your best player, it's, it, you're, not, you're not suddenly Champions League favourite. He's not Ronaldo you know, level, is it? No, he's not. He's, I, he's not taking nothing away from him. He's still... He's still an excellent, excellent player, isn't he? But he's not—he's not, not going to carry you to wins by himself in in the latter stages of Champions League. And and you look at Real at, at Barcelona, as I say, they've had their struggles. Robins, another big name we didn't even mention when we we're talking about big names who've gone to Syria with uh, Ribery mm-hmm. and, and Robin going from Bayern. They're not the same team anymore. I think Liverpool and City are the, the definite benchmark, aren't they? If you if you get a result against them, then 
then you definitely in contention. And until somebody knocks them out, they're, they're going to be the favourites, aren't they? I certainly wouldn't want to see Juve drawn against either of them. You know, it's it's a, a tough ask to, to eliminate them, especially over two legs. I think maybe in a one-off game like the final, anybody can win, can't they? But you think in a, in a, a two-legged knockout tie in the latter stages of the Champions League, knocking out City or Liverpool over two legs is a, is a difficult, difficult challenge. And I think as good as, as Juve's forward line is, I think you look at the effort that those two teams put in in midfield and the, the quality they've got there and the, the cohesion and the, the style and the, the fact that they're such settled teams and they know what to do and they, they know what's expected of them every time they go out there. It's, it, yeah, they have to be the favourites for me, surely. Agreed. I suppose the only cloud on Liverpool's horizon is Man City. You know, in any other in other any other season, they would have done the Premier League and and uh, Champions League double. And before we finish, you're probably remiss of me not to ask this question, given there was a bit of speculation over the summer, probably on behalf of Liverpool fans. Is there any chance that you know Mauricio Sarri is just minding the hot seat for Pep Guardiola to take over next year or the year after? Because there was a lot of that speculation. But as you said earlier, it was more Pochettino they were looking at. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard that because you look at the way that City was set up for, for years, even before Guardiola got there, they were waiting for him, weren't they? You know, they they brought in so many people to work with Guardiola before Guardiola was even there. And then, then they finally got their man and, and now they've got him. It's it's gonna be really hard to get him away from there, isn't it? You know, it's and, and obviously Ronaldo is thirty-four, like the window for him is closing and once he goes What's what's the real attraction for Guardiola to mm-hmm. to go to Italy and to go to Juve? You know, it's, he's got everything he needs at City, hasn't he? And I'm sure that's not what you want to hear as Liverpool fans. But he's, <laughs> it's it, everything is set up for him there, isn't it? They've got the money, they've got a good team now. They can add to it, reinforce it, change it, whatever they need. And he, he, he'd be mad to go anywhere else, surely. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't think there's been a, a manager who's had a club built around him like Guardiola has, as you rightly said there. You know, he, he was already been the building box were put in place before he actually got there. But, you know, just yeah. Pochettino, what do you think of him? Just an, an interesting one because they're, they're probably the third team in England at the moment, even though Sally did get Chelsea to third last season for most of the year. Tottenham were the, the closest challenges, we can call them that, to, to City and, and Liverpool. But he, has he taken Tottenham as far as he can? I'm not saying Juventus because Sally's in place now if he does a good Joey could be there for who knows how many years but he, he does seem to be one of those managers who, who who may have to move on from Tottenham to kind of elevate himself to the next level yeah I think I'm I'm kind of torn on it to be honest I mean I think I love the guy I think he's great you listen to him talk and he, he, he just gets it doesn't he you know he's, he, he's just one of those people you could sit and talk to, talk Definitely. football with all day long he's he, and he seems like a great personality and He's got everything everything right so far. But I think, like when I was talking about title races before, about you've got to be in it and then you've got to go and win it, that's where he's at for me. You know, it's you say, does he need to leave Tottenham to go to that next level? But I don't know because he needs to win something, doesn't mm-hmm. he? And I know that's it's cliched, but until you do... You haven't done it. There's always you that know, question mark, isn't it? Even Klopp yeah, had it. In, in, even like Klopp had it in a weird way. Yeah, Klopp had it. You know, we, he had a few seasons, didn't he, where he, he finished second in Bundesliga. He lost the Champions League final to Bayern as well. And and he, can he do it? Can he do it? And then he did it. He won the Bundesliga and then he's come to Liverpool. And can he do it? Can he do it? Now he's won Champions League. And still the question is there, isn't it? Can he go and win the Premier League, you know? And, and until he does, he, he's, he, there's still going to be a question in some people's minds. I mean, 
take nothing away from Klopp, he's clearly a great manager, but until he wins the Premier League with Liverpool, there's there's always going to be that question about can he? And that's where I'm at with Pochettino, really. He's, he's a great guy. He's just clearly a good manager. But to be a great manager, you've got to win things, don't you? And yes, that's very difficult in the Premier League when you're the Tottenham manager and there's such a great Liverpool team, there's such a great City team and they've got Guardiola, you've got Klopp. That, that's a hard ask, but you've got to win something. You know, it's, Allegri had that for a time. He's... Conte had that when he was with Siena and Bari, you've got to go and win. And, and until Sarri had it even at Napoli and then he went and he's won Europa League and, and the view of him is certainly different now. Um, but you have to go and win something. And I think until until we see either Tottenham win something if he leaves or if he wins something still at Tottenham or moves elsewhere and wins it, there's a question overall that everybody there, isn't there, is, can Tottenham win? Can Pochettino win? Can they win together? Do they need to be apart? It's, it's a difficult one. I would have loved him to come to Juve, but then you're just moving the question and he'd still have to come and win at Juve. So it's it's difficult because he's he is he's still young. He's still early in his managerial career and he's he's been at clubs before where he's not really had that chance. And now there does seem to be a ceiling on what Tottenham can achieve, but to, to get through it, he needs to win something somewhere, doesn't he? Just a final one before I let you go, mate. Uh, you're a person who follows and reports on Juventus' fortunes. Uh, Liverpool, obviously, back in the Champions League as well. How, how much do you enjoy covering this competition? It does seem to get better and better as the year goes by. You know, I know there's talk of a European Super League, but it almost feels like we've, we've got one now. And you certainly get to the knockout stages. Think of Juventus, Atletico last se- season, Liverpool, Barca, and then what Ajax did. It, it just really is an, an, a magnificent competition now. It's fantastic until you get eliminated. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, jokes aside, it's, it's it's the best, isn't it? You know, it's there's like you say, there's Napoli, Liverpool next week, and and that you know that's going to be great. It doesn't matter. Well, I can say it doesn't matter who wins. <laughs> everybody else listening, it clearly does. But you know what I mean. You look at those big games, and when it's not your team involved. You don't really care. You just you just get to watch two of the best teams in Europe going at it, and like you say, the knockout stages. You get a couple of those games in the group stage, even if they're a little bit a little bit neutered, because it, you you ultimately think both big teams will go through. But if one of them has a bit of a wobble before the two big teams go head to head, then that puts all the spice back in it, and it's just great, isn't it? Like just. European Super League is one thing, but this is just—it's just better, isn't it? It's the best of both worlds. We get to get to watch our teams smash all the lower league teams in in our own countries, and then you get to go and test them against the best from the rest of Europe on a Wednesday night, and it's just brilliant, isn't it? Agreed, Adam. Thanks very much for your time, mate. I'd love to catch up again later in the season. You never know. Liverpool, Juventus, in the knockout stages, where stranger things have happened. They have, and I still remember the last one. It happy memories for you, but not for us, I guess. It's very true. Yeah, definitely. I look forward to it. I'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.